You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast with Katherine Banco. I'm on a mission to celebrate breakthrough, empowerment, and shameless living in the lives of women everywhere. Join me and let's live unashamed together. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Heart and Soul. I am joined today by the diet neutral dietitian herself, Lisa Moskovitz, who is joining me via Zoom all the way from Manhattan. Thank you so much for jumping on the podcast to have a conversation with me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to chat today. Yeah, I was like reading your bio and I was like, okay, like what hasn't she done? <laughs> First of all, like I'm just so going to read off of yeah. I'm just going to read off a few things to like toot your horn and so our listeners just know how legit you are, but you're a registered cool. dietitian. Um you're the CEO of New York Nutrition Group which just feels like a massive nutrition group, but like, I'm sure you can dive deeper into that later. Um, you're an extensive group nutrition. Oh, which is an extensive group nutrition practice. Sorry. And you're the author, which is crazy of the core three healthy eating plan, um, which is a personalized science-based guide to finding your healthiest, happiest weight. Um, and then there's so much more, like, I honestly couldn't even get through it all. It's like, so you have such an intense background and I love that because it means that you, really, this point. No. <laughs> it means that you really know what you're talking about too, which is great. Yes. I hope so. Yeah. You know, and, and I've been, I have been doing this for a long time and I always still say that there's so much more to learn. I mean, it's just such a evolving door of uh, you know, revolving door and evolving door of, of information that comes in and out. And we, we've, we've changed so much in our industry. Um, you know, when I first started out 15 years ago, what I was saying, the stuff I was learning, the way I was trained is so different than today. And so different, even than a new dietitian coming into the industry, how they would be trained too. So things have, have changed and evolved so much for the better, for the better, you know, Absolutely could say that uh, without a doubt, but there, there's, it, nobody knows it all. Nobody knows it all when it comes to how to eat the healthiest, feel the best, improve your body image. I don't think anyone has all of the answers. It's, it's truly just a journey. It really yeah. is a journey. And I think that's like really good to like know up front is that one, you'll always be learning and you're like you're always going to be evolving, whether it's how you look at your own body or how you look at food or other people's journeys. But also I think it gives you like a a level of empathy, um, to understand, like, we all don't come from this same like core center of Mm -hmm. how we view our bodies or how we look at diets or how we were raised. There's so many things that go into it. So it kind of probably gives you this level of empathy of like, Hey, I've heard it all. (laughs) I've heard a lot for sure. I mean, you know, not right. Nothing. I, I don't want to say like nothing surprises me because I don't want to, I don't make assumptions. And I, and I, I look at everybody as such individuals, like you said, with their own history and story and puzzle pieces that we have to try to fit together somehow. Everybody really is so individual and unique, but I have, her, there, there are so many common threads and a lot of people do struggle with very similar issues and it kind of always, you know, a lot of it, I don't want to say it always and everything, but a lot of it kind of goes back to the stuff that we hear in the media and just how the diet industry really is there to market and sell, you know, they're selling you this idea that you can change your body and you should change your body and being in a larger body is bad. And you should be look like this, which is 
completely unattainable and, and often unhealthy to, to try to even emulate at all. So a lot of people now struggle more with that. And I do see that being such a common, a common, common issue is body image and relationship with food specifically. Yeah. I mean, that is my story. <laughs> and I, I, um, I think that this time of year, it's really timely for you to come on too. Cause I think, or I know yeah. that diet culture is just like nailing us over the head at the beginning of the year, trying to convince us to believe these like marketing lies and tactics. And it's all to purchase something like they just, they're trying to sell something. And I think that we forget that it is a marketing scheme and they're not like people who know, you know, your body, know um, it's traumas, know your genetics, know like what food feels good when you eat it, you know, like they don't know the, these things. Yeah. So I think this is like a really great and timely time to have you on. I would love for you to share, um, a little, like you said, you got, you got into this industry 15 years ago. So I started counseling about 15 years ago, but I, you know, was in school prior to that, but, um, so I'm aging myself a little bit, but yes, um, it, it, it was about that. I would say I started like private practice in that time frame. Yeah. So when you first got the idea of like, I want to become a dietitian, what, why, why that industry? What about yeah. that led you into this industry? Yeah. So I think, look, if you're really passionate about what you do and you really love what you're doing and you know, you're excited about it, you have to relate on some level. I don't think anyone that's truly, that can really be successful with what they do. Um, like I don't, I think you have to relate to it on some level. And, and, and like you said too, it helps with empathy and sympathy for the people that you're, that you're serving and that you're helping. So for me, I absolutely struggled with body image and relationship with food. I was very active as a, a adolescent into my teenage years, into high school years. I was a competitive soccer player. And, you know, I kind of just one day woke up and said, I would rather, you know, party and socialize and do this and that. And the every the practice after school every day and the games on the weekend, like it just wasn't my priority. Do I regret it? Yes. Do I think it was a stupid decision to make? Sure. But anyway, so I I sort my lifestyle completely changed when I stopped playing and running around and being, you know, if anyone that knows soccer knows it's extremely strenuous and your your energy expenditures through the roof. So I stopped playing soccer and I noticed my body changed pretty quickly. And I was still eating as if I was playing soccer. And I was like basically eating whatever I wanted. I would have like three cookies and two bagels for lunch. Just like that's what I would eat. So I just kept eating the way I was eating. It was also around the time, a little after I was going through, you know, probably the years of going through puberty. Let's put it that way. Cause there's like, it feels like years. And that combination together, I felt it. I felt it. My clothes were fitting differently. I, you know, noticed they were tighter. I was softer in certain areas. And it brought on these feelings of being self-conscious as a lot of men and women or girls and boys are in those years, because it's all about like, you know, image and fitting in and being liked and all the things we know now as adults, because we could still have, we could still have those feelings, but we know there's more important things in life. So at the time didn't feel that way. So it's very important. So I definitely succumbed to the insecurities and I, 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 you know, got a little bit more of, okay, I need to 
stop eating this. I need to cut out that. I need to lose weight. I need to start exercising. And for sure, it got to the level I was, I never had an eating disorder. I never was diagnosed with one. I never knowing what eating disorders are. I know I didn't have one, but, but I was for sure dysfunctional and disordered. And my body image was pretty bad. So I believe the passion for, for nutrition started with that, but I also really loved combining science with creativity. And I found this was like a great outlet for that. Just being able to, first of all, know that food is the one thing that brings us all together. We all have to eat. We all have to eat every single day for the rest of our lives. So it's, it's the glue that really bonds people and brings them together. And it's, and it's like, let's meet and grab this and eat dinner there. So that part of it I love, but it also really is so science-based. And that was always something that I just understood. I just clicked with it. It was interesting to me. It made sense. I'm, you know, that part of my brain. And then I also had this creative side. So I found that it was, it, it kind of fit that need I had. Um, plus the, this, this, you know, self-interest really is what it was a self-interest. I wanted to learn more. So I, I know, you know, and I'm not saying just because, you know, somebody might've, if you're meeting with a dietitian, which by the way, people always say like, what's the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist? Dietitian is always a nutritionist. Nutritionist is not always a dietitian. So basically a dietitian is a nutritionist with a certain credential, a level of training, and they've, um, sort of accomplished certain, uh, you know, they had to do a dietetic internship. You have to sit for an exam. You have to keep your exam by doing continuing education credits. There's a little bit more to it, not trying to undermine or disregard people who are not dietitians, but explaining the difference. So, you know, I think that it is, um, you know, there are for sure a lot of dietitians and nutritionists out there that might have struggled with eating disorders. And, you know, and, and a lot of people will say like, I'm apprehensive about meeting with them one, because I don't know if I trust them. Just like you hear a lot. Well, I hear, heard a lot. Unfortunately, it's kind of sad, but I wouldn't meet with a dietitian who's overweight. People will say, I won't meet with a dietitian if she looks overweight. I can't tell you sadly how many times I've heard that throughout my career, um, people will judge someone and it's horrible and it has nothing to do with their knowledge or their heart or their skills or their ability to connect with you. But people can be judgmental. Um, but on the flip side, people will also get nervous about meeting with a dietitian who has an eating disorder, um, because it's kind of the same concept. And also it's kind of a judgment because they likely, hopefully, are in a much better place or else they wouldn't be helping you if they weren't able to help themselves and they practice what they preached. Um, But, you know, they almost can be more empathetic. They can get on your level better. They can. So, so I, although I never had an eating disorder, I know it's a concern that people have, but I would say, look, don't you want to work with a professional who can understand Don't you want someone who understands what it's like to struggle with body image or be in a larger body or, uh, you know, understand how easy it is to have disordered eating or understands the nuances and the psychological part of an eating disorder. So that's kind of what I say about that. And for me, it did drive me into the industry, but I wouldn't say it kept me there. What kept me there is more the other parts that I mentioned, the passion for helping people, the science, the creativity. Um, I love, love, love what I do. And I, and I, when I was in school, a lot of the, my peers were, were dropping like flies. And I think a lot of people did get into it for the wrong reasons and realizing how, how intensive it is, how much you have to train. And it's not easy. And you don't just like go in and, 
you know, it's like, oh, it's like home ec or, oh, I'm just going to learn how to cook and learn that like, yeah, it's like an easy, people would take it thinking it's like this easy class where it's this easy major and they're like college will just be easy and fun. No, it is not. There's organic chemistry, there's anatomy and physiology, there's so much science in it that it is it is not easy and it's only getting harder now. So yeah. um, it, as yeah. it should be, because it is a big responsibility. So that is the long-winded answer of how I got into it. But, you know, I, I think it's just important to mention because there's a lot of these, you know, assumptions around dietitians and like, you know, how you get into it. And I just think, you know, it's something that, everyone should be honest about. And I don't sit in a session one-on-one and start telling people, you know, this is me and my problems ever. I think that the attention it's patient centered, not provider centered, but you know, I think it, it does help. And it's almost like it makes, it can make the provider more qualified. I believe it can make the provider more qualified, not less. Yeah. I absolutely agree. I, and I think that a lot of people who go into a career that they're passionate about, the reason that they go into that career is because they're maybe wanting to like solve something or fill this void that they didn't have that they were missing or um maybe yeah. rewrite the narrative around um lies that they believed growing up or or whatnot like that's why I'm a fitness instructor and I wanted to get into fitness because of all the orthorexic um mentality I had yeah. around fitness when it came to movement and exercise I was like well I want to tell people that that's not that doesn't have to be the case you know so I think it's cool that or I think it's amazing to like go to a provider who can connect with you and be like, Hey, listen, I, and I know that you're not like spilling out your, your story. You're there yeah. to serve them, but to be like, Hey, I've like struggled with like wondering if these, if foods should be labeled as good or bad, or I've like, you know, there's like so many things that you can connect with your client about. And that makes you more personable and more real. Yeah. And yeah. I think, I think that is important, especially when you're working with such a, um, like it's a vulnerable setting. Very. To, I mean, like yeah. you said, eating is something we do every day. And then you add someone's view of their body on top of that. Like yeah. that is, that is deep stuff. <laughs> I say majority. And I think majority of people who even seek out our help, who come to my practice and I have about 20 registered dietitians in my practice now. And I really try to drill this in that, you know, you have to screen for eating disorders. You have to evaluate the relationship with food, even if they're coming in and they're like, I just want to lose 20 pounds. Can you give me a diet plan? Which happens all the time. You can't just take their word for it, that that's what they really need. You can't take their word for it that, you know, that's, you know, going to help them. You have to do a little bit. It's our responsibility to dig a little deeper and to truly screen them to make sure that we're not making things worse. Because if someone is suffering from that and we're giving them a diet plan, we're just contributing to the problem. Now, now we're actually part of the problem. We're not actually helping them. Right. And I think a majority of the patients and clients that come to us already are struggling. They're already struggling with relationship with food and body image. Even if they're just wanting to lose weight, they're obviously struggling a little bit with that. Yeah. They've been on diets in the past. They're probably have some issues with food because we know that diets can be so destructive. I would say all are bad, but many can be very dangerous and damaging. Yes. Very destructive. And I know that from my own personal story, like no matter what I did or didn't eat or what I weighed or weighed less, if I weighed less or got to my number or achieved this gene size, like I didn't walk away loving my body anymore. And I think that there's this like lie or myth around the fact that like, if, 
if you lose weight, you are happy. <laughs> or if you yeah. fit into this, this dress size, yeah. you will be content. And yeah. I think that is something that needs to be definitely like, um, I guess smushed. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. that's not a scientific yeah. term, but just like, get it out I, of here. I know exactly me. Yeah. And I Talked love, about. I, I know that you kind of preach on this, how losing weight doesn't automatically improve your body image. And I would love for you to kind of like dive deeper in, into maybe like the psychology behind that, or just like what you've experienced yeah. as um, a professional in this field with that specific topic. When I even broach the topic of, hey, let's talk about your relationship with food for a second. You know, I see you're doing a lot of labeling. This is good. This is bad. I was so bad yesterday. I you know, had no willpower. I had to know this, that. When I even bring that up and I'll say, okay, why don't we, we try working on that a little bit? A lot of times the response is, well, well I just want to lose the weight first. If I can lose the weight first, then I'll be ready to do that. I know I'll feel better in my body and I will be more willing and receptive to doing that. And I'll, you know, okay, fine. I never, I never, look, you know your body the best. I'm not gonna, I'm I'm an expert, but I'm not the expert of your body. You are. So I always let the, let the client lead because I, I truly believe that. But I challenge that and I'll say, okay, well, look, the reality is, we don't know that's the case and we don't know that what, how, when that's going to happen and if that will happen. And so you're always going to be putting your life on hold number one, and you're always going to be in this like limbo and like place of, of, of self-loathing and punishment. If we can't work on that relationship with food. Now, the other part of it is that say you do lose those 20 pounds, 10 pounds, 50 pounds, whatever it is. Now think about how you're going to feel. You'll feel maybe good for a few seconds when you put on your jeans, they fit better, maybe better, like a little bit better shopping for vacation, getting a dress, whatever it is. But all that time in between, you now you have more to now you have more to lose mentally. Yeah. Now it's like, what if I gain the way back? What if I go on vacation or go to this wedding or go on the holidays come up? And you're almost gonna be more afraid to live your life and to to trust your body because you have this added pressure of are you gonna gain the way back? Am I going to lose this feeling? Am I going to lose the attention, the compliments, the, the, my clothes, you know, the clothes I'm able to wear. The, it's, it's another layer. It actually can be harder, much harder to fully let yourself feel free and feel good when you get to that goal. It's not easier. It is yeah. not easier. And body image is really, it's not how you look or how much you weigh. It's, it's how you feel about it. And how you feel is so uh, sensitive and subjective and depends. You yeah. know, what if you had, yeah. you know, our body image, like people, I, I, you know, so many people will say, and I'll even use an example. Look, you know, there's, you could wake up on a Wednesday morning and be like, I feel great. I'm having such a good day. I love the way I look. And then Thursday morning you wake up and you're like, I feel like I gained 20 pounds. You didn't gain 20 pounds overnight. How is your body? I promise you, you're, I'm not there with you and I don't know exactly, but I can tell you 99 Point nine 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 nine. Your body didn't change, but something inside made you feel that way. It could just be you're bloated, maybe getting your period, and you're like feeling okay. I'm a little bloated, but nothing drastic happened. But yet we could feel like it did, and that's the best example to use of how much it could be a mind game, and that losing the weight won't make it has nothing. It's all about what's on the inside, and losing weight is all about what's on the outside. And unless those things connect and you work on that before you lose the weight, 
losing the weight probably won't make a difference. If anything, it's going to make it worse because now you're going to be more anxious, more worried, more fearful. You might even trust less yeah. because now, you know, I, I know what it's like to be and it, you know, at a higher weight, I know what this feels like at a lower weight. And I don't trust that I won't go back to that weight. You're always going to have that hanging over your head. The just body dysmorphia can kick in. You can start to just see the, your old, you know, where you were, your old weight versus accepting where you are at your new weight. So it's so complicated. And, you know, and again, especially how you do it, the process that you take and the approach you take to lose the weight also can make a major difference. On how you feel when you, uh, and if you reach that goal. Yeah. I I am nodding. Y'all can't see me listeners, but I am like nodding my head. (laughs) I was just like, like I have a crick in my neck because I was just like nodding my head so much because I was like, yes, been there, been there. And the mental part of it is like something that people do not think about when it, when you, when you start a diet, um, especially one that revolves around restriction and rules when you start this diet and then you see results, then it's this mental game of like, well, if I go out to eat and I have this piece of cake at my friend's birthday, then it's all coming back. So instead of that, I'm just going to get really anxious around social events, cancel all plans, lose friendships. Like it's this kind of like spiral uh, and it all starts Mm -hmm. with, starts with, your mind being totally effed up from starting a restrictive diet, um, or starting a diet without doing the work first of accepting your body. Um, and so that's why I was nodding so much. Cause like, that was me for like two or three years. Like I was like a recluse and I'm a very outgoing, like, so I love being extroverted. Like I love socializing and like, I lost friendships. I ruined relationships because I was so selfish with my thoughts thinking like, okay, well, if I go to this, then I'm going to gain it back. So I'm just not going to go to that. Or I don't know, like I'm going to cancel plans for someone, my best friend's birthday, because I don't want to eat that. You know, it's just like, it becomes a selfish game. Yeah, it really is. And there's that saying, is it worth it to lose 5% of your weight to be 95% less happy? And a lot of times, like you said, people think I'll be happier when I lose this weight. And you don't realize like, it could actually be way less happy. It could actually, and that's why it's like when you're thinking about your your goal, like I don't even want to say weight. I just want to say like your happiest self, you know, mind and body. You have to really think about what your happiest self is, not just, you know, that's part of what your healthiest place is. It's not, um, it's not what the BMI chart says. It's not what, you know, your friends look like or your family members look like or what the doctor tells you. That's may not be the healthiest weight for you. And if you're not factoring in your mental health, along with your physical appearance and physical health, then you're really losing the the biggest picture here. You're really doing a disservice and, and not getting what's most important. So physical parents can never take priority and precedence over mental health. You have to prioritize that over anything. And people lose sight of that when they're on this process of trying to lose weight or better themselves. They think it's, you know, they focus so much on the physical parents and they lose, lose sight of the rest. Yeah. And it's all connected. Like our mental and physical health, it is, they're cohesive, you know, they, they feed off of each other. And so if you negate one and neglect it, then the other one's going to suffer. It's just, 
I mean, I don't know if that's just science because I didn't study all of it, but like in my head, it makes total sense because I've been there and there's that like empathetic side. So if if we have listeners who are listening, who are um, maybe it's the new year and they have started um, a really restrictive diet, or they have started the process before doing the like work of wondering or of like really digging into like what makes them content, why they want to lose the weight, like what their thought patterns are. Like, what is some advice you would give them around, like, or give people who are maybe on a diet right now who haven't done that work specifically around like how maybe that diet might be detrimental before doing this kind of. Yeah. And I, you know, and then I want to say too, because we've been, you know, talking about, you know, potentially the dangers of dieting and losing weight, but it's okay. It doesn't mean that all losing weight is a bad thing and people can be very feel much better and live very healthy, happy lives after losing weight. And there are a lot of healthy approaches out there. So it's okay. If you want to lose weight and you're going to attempt it, that's a personal decision. And, and it, and it might really be a good decision for you. So it really is so individual. And I guess that's the other part of the question is what can, what do they have to make sure of? And you have to make sure that you're getting something that's personalized and individualized. You have to make sure that this is going to fit you. I always say the way you eat to lose weight or achieve whatever goal you want to achieve is the, how you have to, to, to keep going or what you have to sustain if you want to sustain the results. So if you're going to the gym six, seven hours a week, and you're eating a very calorie portion controlled meal plan all the time, you're now pigeonholing yourself. You're now cornering yourself. That is going to be the way you have to keep living your life. If you want to see those results last. Yeah. So the biggest mistake is thinking, I'm just going to do all this at once. I'm going to, you know, like get, you know, a crazy gym membership and sign up for all these classes and purchase all these meal, these diet products and like do it for a few months. And then once I lose that 20 pounds, then I'll be ready. Like I said before, you'll be ready to work on my relationship with food. I'll be ready to cook on my own. I would just say like, if that is the case, amazing. Good for you. Some people need a jump start. It really does jump start. But a lot of people or most people get really disappointed when it doesn't work out that way. So I always try to prepare them and explain that most of the time it doesn't work that way. You're just going to go back from, you're going to go, you're going to go back to the old ways. And, and what it does is it develops and it turns into this all or nothing. And that's also what I try to prepare people for is like diets can create this all or nothing mindset. I'm either all on or I'm all off of it. I'm either working out hard and cooking on a Sunday for five hours and saying no to all the plans and I'm doing it all. Or I have one slice of pizza with a girlfriend and now I'm off the plan and I might as well keep going because I already had that. So I might as well do that. And we've all had those thoughts. We've all had those thoughts where we're like, oh, it's like human nature. Yeah. Like we'd like to think in terms of black and white and good and bad and all or nothing. We like to think in these very dichotomous ways. And that is something that can really mess people up. So those are my things that I want to give my little pearls of, of just trying to get past the all or nothing, find something that's personalized. And remember, whatever you do to get to the place you want to be is what you have to keep doing. So find yeah. something that's sustainable that really fits into your lifestyle. I think sustainable, it, it really is the key word. And that's kind of what I always preach to my clients um, with exercise because I'm not, I'm not anywhere uh, <laughs> knowledgeable enough to give or legally allowed to give uh, nutrition advice, but like with exercise, 
Like if it's sustain, if it's not sustainable for you to work out six days a week, then why would you go all in on that? Because then when you have a, a vacation one week and you're like, I'm not working out on vacation. Then you go, you have that all or nothing mindset. Yeah. Then what that turns into is shame because you couldn't keep up. Yeah. And then that shame turns into quitting and, yes. and really hating yourself more. And so yeah. if when you, you feel bad, you want to do bad, worse things. It doesn't totally. really get you to like, okay, I feel bad. I want to now cook for myself and take care of myself. It doesn't work that way. You go in, you can go into like a doom spiral, like you said. Yeah. And it really is just about finding what is sustainable and balancing for you and your lifestyle, like how you want to live your life. Like if you are someone who is very social and does like going out to eat, then like, I wouldn't recommend just like eating chicken and rice for every single meal for the rest of your life, because not every restaurant to be serving chicken and rice and that gets boring, you know? Like, so I like what you said about like what works for you, because right now, if whatever you start now, you have to continue to, to sustain, I think that's really key. And I think this all or nothing mindset really does need to be like stomped on because it's so annoying (laughs) and we're all very prone to it. Like we're all prone to like, well, if I don't do this then I will never do it. So I might as well go all in. Um, so yeah, I think those are very wise tips. And I also think that this conversation and so many other reasons why Mm -hmm. is why you should work with someone who you can share where you're at about your relationship with your body, like someone individual, like Lisa, who is a registered dietitian and like really get that personalized plan for what is sustainable for you, because there's so many like diet ploys, um, on commercials or social media or whatnot that are like lose 10 pounds in 10 days. And like, that is not, that's just not healthy. I'm just going to go it's ahead and tempting. say it. I understand the appeal of it, but it's just, it's yeah. If it sounds too good to be true it and that goes is. with everything supplements, you know, anyone that's making these major claims and touting, okay, you're going to lose this much weight and that you have to, you know, I don't want to call it snake oil, but you have to under, you have to go at it with like, you know, a little bit of skepticism yeah, um, and try not to get sucked in as much as it can be so tempting. Look, you know, I always say too, sometimes you have to figure these things out on your own and you have to know what's not going to work. So try all the things if it makes you, if you want to, you know, don't feel bad about doing it. If sometimes you have to learn what's not going to work before you really have that come to moment of, or aha moment of this is what it will work. And this is what I need to be doing. And that's a lot of times when clients will come in to me is when they've realized, okay, I've done it this way. I've done it that way. I know these approaches aren't working. I know I just end up feeling worse and shittier in the long run. So now I'm really ready to find something that's healthier for me. And, you know, there might still be that desire and that, um, that, that want to lose weight and feeling of, you know, comparing yourself and, you know, just dealing with that, that, that the body image issues, and that might be there and that's okay. And you could want, like I said, you could want to lose weight. You could, want to, uh, you know, be in a different body or change your body. But if that starts to interfere with your quality of life, if those desires turn into any sort of dangerous habits and behaviors, then that's another story. That's when an intervention is, is, is needed. So hopefully working one-on-one with somebody can kind of stop you before it gets there. And you can come up with a plan where you can feel your best from the inside out and you can find a plan that's sustainable um, and, and change your thinking change your thinking and your thoughts around food and eating. That is the other big one, which does take time. Yeah. And just like you would meet with a therapist one-on-one for your mental health, like 
you should meet with someone one-on-one for your physical health so that they can better understand you. I think it's so important. And I realize it's not always like financially, um, easy for everybody, but, but try (laughs) it's worth it to invest in your health. Um, Lisa, I've loved our conversation. I would love for you to kind of drop some places, best places for our listeners to find you if they want to connect with you. And I will obviously put all that in the show notes, but before we wrap up, where can our listeners find you? Yeah, for sure. So my private practice is called New York Nutrition Group, nynutritiongroup.com. And like I mentioned before, we have 20 registered dietitians, all with a variety of specialty areas and backgrounds and um, different skill sets. We do actually take health insurance, a variety of major health insurance plans. So a lot of times it can be covered by your health insurance, which is great. Always a fun fact. People don't realize that. I believe that nutrition should be affordable and accessible to everyone, not just this luxury service. Uh, So you can find us on the website. We offer virtual and in-person sessions. And then on social, you can find me at Lisa M nutrition on Instagram. I'm most active, of course. So you can locate me there. And then you can also get my book, the core three healthy eating plan, any major retailers, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, Walmart, et cetera. Yay. Well, thank you so much. I loved our conversation. I know our listeners are probably jotting down notes right now and like following you. So um, yeah, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. And listeners, I will talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Heart and Soul. If this episode encouraged you in any way, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Talk to you next week.